Hello. <laughs> hey, we're back. Okay, we're back. We're here. Um, podcast is live. If anybody, at, okay, let me just give a real quick disclaimer here, RJ. Just you know, between you, me, and the fence post, fence post meaning the podcast. If people are going to be sensitive to like how we talk and the languages that we use and the colorful words and stuff, like shut the fucking thing oh, off. Oh, so you just want to get right out now. of the way and say explicit like, warning, children. Yeah, rated, rated, and for no one except for adults, basically. Let's just do or that. E for everyone if you're excited. Yeah, just like these hands, bro. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't want to hear anyone say, well, your podcast swears, so we don't really like it. Like, listen, I'm telling you right now, if you're trying to listen to this at work, don't, okay? It's headphones. not It's not for work. It's a headphone. Right. It's it's a quiet, it's a personal time kind of listen. Um, we're going to talk about stuff that's probably gross or immature or unrealistic or uh, inappropriate for public spaces, and that's just how it fucking goes. So, um Anyways, we're back. This is Sports Vision. This is episode number. Who really fucking cares, to be completely honest? Call it one. Yeah, episode one, post-COVID, but we're not post-COVID. We can't get out of this shit. So, um, anyways, if you're new here, we're a podcast that talks about literally everything. Like, everything. We talk about racing. We talk about ball sports. We talk about non-ball sports. We talk about what happens in our personal lives. We've talked about OnlyFans. We've talked about how they shoot Fast and Furious 10, 11, and 12 outside of my fucking house every night, right on the dot, quarter after seven. Vin Diesel and the boys are out there running fucking hot laps in their Civics right you. past my house. They hit you early. I get, I'm get. i about 10, 10, 30 when I hear them going down Lake Mead Sheesh. at full throttle. So, you know, to each their own. To catch everybody up real quick, I've mentioned it in the past of how people like cruise past my fucking house at 3,000 miles an hour. Remember, we had multiple things happen, well, right? Had so the bus we had the guy who creamed the bus and put his motor into his trunk and took him with it. Mm-hmm. Then what else did we have? Well, it was, we weren't podcasting, but you had the, oh, the yeah, war vet come right, through the right. wall. Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Veteran here, high on fucking quaaludes or whatever the fuck he was doing, happened to peruse into my wall, into my backyard. Crossed seven lanes of traffic. He crossed quite literally seven lanes of traffic. He he was in the – so I've said this before. Eastern, which runs right in my backyard, is a middle turning lane and then three and three, three one way through the other. It goes all the way from the north to the south end of town. And – I stayed home one day. I was kind of feeling a little bit under the weather. I was hanging out in the in the fucking what do you call it? My living room, and it was probably two o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm sitting there, and I think I was playing a video game or something, hanging out. And uh, it sounded like someone took a shotgun and shot through my bedroom window. Like I could hear spatially. I was aware that it was in a different part of the house than I was. So. Luckily, my gun was on the counter in the kitchen. I grabbed it, took it out of the holster, and I'm ready. I start clearing rooms. I go to the front door. Everything's clear. I go to the garage. I start clearing rooms. Everything's fine. I kind of stopped because it sounded like something was off, like in my backyard. Uh-huh. So I kind of backstepped, and I have these curtains in front of my sliders that go out to my backyard. And I sweep, 
I, I swept the fucking the thing back, and here's a 2008 Toyota Tundra yeah. parked, hard parked, on top of my fucking palm trees Four and the rock. Four inches away from the pool. Four inches away from the pool. So then I proceeded to unrack the gun and put the gun away safely because As there's no longer a need for the gun because a guy drove in there. No one was trying to fucking shoot my house. So I go out there, but granted, this whole thing happened in a matter of like five minutes. Like I was ready. Like I was ready Mm -hmm. five, ten minutes later, put the gun away, go outside. And there's already people like innocent bystanders that have been walking inside of of my backyard, right? Like just checking everything out, seeing what's going on. So this homeless guy, I I would assume, it's wrong of me to assume, but fuck it, he was homeless, scumbag, (laughs) fucking smelly, dirty bastard. He comes running up to me as I'm walking out to, like, see what the fuck is going on. I see a guy with his head, like, limp against the the steering wheel. And this guy comes, this homeless guy comes running up to me. He's like, yo, you got to get him some fucking water. You got to get him some water. And I kind of looked at him. I was like, I don't have to get him shit. I was like, first of all, let me just kind of assess the situation because, like, this is my house. Okay, right. this is not your house. This is my house. So let me see what's going on here. He's like, no, you need to get him some fucking water. And I was like, you need to get the hell out of here. Seriously. So I run back in. I, like, turn around. I run back inside to grab my phone because I'm obviously going to call the cops and get some help coming. You know, I'm not a, I'm not an animal. So I come back inside. I grab my phone. I go back out. And he's this homeless guy's like, in the window of the truck because the window's gone. And he's like, this fucking guy's all fucked up, like, blah, just freaking out, right? Right. And I was like, okay, hold on. He's like, you need to get him water. I was like, listen, I'm not going to get him water for two reasons. Number one, I'm not an EMT, neither are you. I don't know if giving him water would fuck him up. I don't know what drugs he's on. I don't know if it would send him into some sort of cardiac. I don't know what's going on with this guy, okay? He just crossed seven fucking lanes of traffic and smashed into my backyard, crushed my palm trees, and threw cinder blocks through my bedroom on window. On top of your roof. Which I'm pretty sure one's still I think one's still there, on yeah. There. So, Eight months I said, dude, later. you got to just chill out for a second and, like, let's let somebody who knows what the hell they're doing. Granted, there's another person who was walking by who wasn't homeless, at least the way that they seemed, calling the cops and got them on their way. Anyways, this guy is sitting there in the in the driver's seat, it's just him, and he's got his tundra parked up on a rock on top of two palm tree, very nice, twenty thousand dollar palm tree, very expensive palm tree, d- trash, junk. He missed all my pool equipment by a foot less, mm-hmm. and he's sitting there, and he's just ah, he's just gone, and I'm like, oh, this is this is not good. So the cops show up, I start telling him what's going on, and he, cops like why are you home? And I'm like, what the fuck does that matter, dude? Like, whatever. Like, I'm here. Because I am. It does, like, that's besides the point. Let me tell Let me tell the people who are listening the, the angle of trajectory that he shot into my backyard. It's not like he crossed seven lanes of traffic and then just kind of drove into my backyard. I've got a six-foot-tall block wall, okay, yeah. or had, right? And then he also sheared off a fucking light post, a 30 foot light post. That's roughly 14 to 18 inches at the base in diameter. It's 
they're no light thing. No, either. it's and it's it's bolted all the way around the bottom to the concrete pillar, and it sheared it off at the bolts, and took that and threw it out into the into the street into Eastern. So he sheared through that, then went through the wall, and then took out two palm trees, and then threw. I think it was four or five cinder blocks through my master bedroom window and through my master bathroom window. Destroyed my shower. Destroyed all kinds of stuff. And my biggest thing was, okay, is this guy okay? That's my first concern. I, I don't really need... I don't really need a dead guy like in my backyard, like uh, uh, on top of like all kinds of paperwork and like feeling terrible, like someone died in my backyard. I don't, I don't need that. I'm way too sensitive of a person. Uh, when the Henderson cops showed up, I was like, yo, th- there's something fucking wrong with this dude. Like, I don't know what it well, is. Yeah, Cause it's not like he blew out a tire or had some sort of his truck. But besides going through a block wall, perfect condition, all four tires, Fuck, the bumper was still attached, you know? Yeah, like, I mean, it was... They could have drove it away if they really wanted to. Quote-unquote totaled, obviously. Because they're not going to Because it's a 2008 it. with 180,000 miles on it. But... And he lives in it. I told him, I was like, yo, dude, there's something wrong with this guy. Because, meanwhile, there was three people behind him in traffic that stopped because they saw him Kareem from the far right lane, cross three cross the center divider and then cross another three yep. and then hit the post and then hit the wall and then hit my house. Like this is not like a oops. This is like this guy something fucking happened. happened. So I, I was telling the cops like, bro, something is wrong. Like when the EMTs get here, something's wrong with him. I don't know if his meds are fucked up. I don't know if he fell asleep or he had a heart attack. I don't know because he got out and fucking walked to the ambulance. Like nothing ever happened. Jesus. Like we're good. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. We're good to go. Yeah. And then RJ here is sitting the table, uh, sitting across the table from me. He uh, went and got some. Oh, because here's the fucking greatest part about it, right? City of Henderson, City of Las Vegas, uh, North Las Vegas. It doesn't matter. It's all the same. If you have a pool, and there's public easement within ten, I believe it's ten feet of the pool edge. You have to have a barrier at least three and a half foot tall, dividing public walkway to private water. Right, because some moron might think the sidewalk goes into your backyard and over the pool and into the deep end. And they so. drowned, and then it's on you. Exactly. So it's your fault. So on top of this whole thing happening, they I helped the tow truck guy get the truck out because it was hung up on the rock. So I helped him maneuver some two-by-fours to like pry the truck up and over the rock, and it was a disaster. As soon as the truck actually physically left my property line, the he- one of the Henderson cops, not the cool one, the douchebag, was like, okay, so now it's your responsibility to get this hole covered. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I just went through a thing here, and, right. like, my life is kind of turned upside down for a quick second. Like, I know not – like, let's not make a big deal out of it. Like, it is what it is, you know? Like, I'm not crying about it. But I was like, can you give me a fucking second? He's like, you have four hours before you get fined by the city. And I'm like – yeah, because that the douchebag cop already called the city and was yeah. like, "Hey, I got one for you," because mm-hmm. he loves that sort of thing. Yeah, just so you know, yeah. there's a fucking guy with a hole in his wall, and if anybody falls in, you need. And to- it's three fifty eight, so start your clock. Yeah, yeah. So luckily, I got some friends, the Bradleys. They own a glass shop. They cut me some windows. I had windows in within a couple hours. 
RJ came and helped me put the plywood up. So, and then we had a wind. What was that? Probably what four or five days later, we had gnarly winds come through yeah, and fucking. Yeah, if you live in Vegas, you know how the winds get. Yeah, ripped the pl- fucking it's a plywood. plywood wall. It wasn't structurally sound, so it kind of it. I'm surprised no more, not more people ran over it in Eastern because that fucker went into Eastern. We lost. We we. Yeah, no, I pulled up and there was pieces missing. We lost them. Like couldn't find yes. them. Four by eight sheets of plywood. OSB gone. Like not like oh it's down it's, the street. No, that motherfucker was gone. Like somebody pulled. Like, oh shit. See ya. So I mean, that was the point of the time when wood prices were hot. So wood prices were hot. Were probably like, probably hey, cop them fuckers. That's forty eight dollars. Yeah, hell yeah. Get that bitch right yeah. the road. You know that? Do you remember? Just to give everybody like a little bit of background, so um, RJ works uh, for well, he works for me. He's my estimator now. Uh, we do drywall and paint here in Las Vegas. Um, there was a time where a four by eight sheet of plywood, not OSB, the legit. Yeah. Let's do five because I know that number better. The five ace CDX fire rated plywood mm-hmm. was a hundred and forty five dollars a sheet, four by eight. Correct. Oh my fucking god. Six months prior to that price, it was forty five dollars. Yeah, exactly. We're talking. We're talking a three hundred percent change in materials. Well, I mean, during that time, I, I went and was picking up materials quite a bit, and I talked to one of the supply houses, eighty four lumber, and they do they supply the materials for apartment complexes that are going out of the ground. Yeah. And the guy told me that. Before all this, a the complete package one point two million for a, a, a apartment complex. Those for like sheeting. I mean, total. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, yes. Yeah. All would involve one point two million, and as apartment complex isn't small, right? Right. It's he said it was four to five million dollars. Sheesh. In a year. <laughs> In a year. Yeah. I mean, our drywall and paint went up, obviously, but, like, our metal stud, because we got into commercial over the past couple of years, and um, our metal stud framing just went through. The, I mean, an 8-foot, 3-and-5-A stud, which is very, very common, 8-foot went from, it was $3 when we first started estimating. Like, Within a year, yeah. it was up to $12 per stud. I mean, it's just, it's it's unrealistic to, and to it wrap it. slow down. No. Like, I pricing, mean, production. Wood went down. Things, well, I mean, yeah, it went. Well, prices went up and went down throughout all of that, but metal stud the construction, didn't. like actual construction, didn't slow down one bit. They just nope. took that. They were like, "All right, cool. I guess we're getting a price increase and things are going up." They didn't. They don't. Nobody cares. Well, owner uh, owners realize the demand. So stuff here in Vegas is kind of weird because we we have such an influx of people coming from California that. That's the hidden reason, and that's a lot of people don't know, is that's the hidden reason behind needing all the multifamily and apartments and townhomes and duplexes and shit right. is because they're selling their beach house for $2 million, yep. $3 million in Oceanside. It's a little shitbox beach house. They're selling that, coming to Vegas, putting five, six, seven hundred grand in their pocket, building a $1 million house, but they got to wait. Where are they going to live? Yep. They need apartments, so apartment buildings got to fucking go. Like right now, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. So our, our multifamily is blowing up. Our residential track homes are blowing up. Our our customs are blowing up. Commercials blown. Everything is going up in production. Pricing's going up. So yeah. when is it gonna crash? We don't know. It's gonna happen. It is what it is. 
I don't really want to talk about a whole lot of stuff like that because like that's our life and like that's our life away from this. This is right. where we're supposed to have fun. Um, but that's just a little bit of what everybody's missed in the past. Was it been a year since we've done a podcast? Forever. It's been a while. RJ had to like relearn the whole fucking yeah, shit. Yeah, it was a like... quick five minute crash course before we started. <laughs> we don't even this. know if this is going to go live. If yeah, we're being so honest. If the quality <laughs> of this recording is not up to your standards. Maybe the next one will be. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll yeah. Well, you know us. We're always trying to get better. Um, let's talk about, let's kind of go through it. We had like a little, uh, show written here, but then, well, with me and RJ, we kind of say fuck it and wing it. But so here's the thing. So we just got home from a birthday party, a one year old, one year old's birthday party. Love this kid. Um, one of my very, very close friends, Shane, um, has a kid just turned one years old last weekend. Um, and couldn't have the party last weekend, uh, I don't know, COVID shit or whatever. Uh, so they had it this week. We had it tonight. What a great time. I actually had fun. It was great to like meet new people and hang out with like Shane and the family and stuff like that. But what a fucking smorgasbord of people. Oh, the cross, I kept saying the cross section of America we had there was phenomenal. Crazy. Phenomenal. It, it went from. There was an old buff guy drinking mm-hmm. wine mm-hmm. with the proper hand placement on the stem and it, like the mm-hmm. full finger out and everything. Yeah, there was it was a flat biller's paradise. Yep, it, me and Zach included. Yep, every me and Zach apparently missed the memo, but it was supposed to be flannels only. Yeah, I mean, so flannels were everywhere. But like, like, flannel threw up there. Yeah. <laughs> Like, if there was a individual you could think of, there was probably somebody there representing that individual. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, east side. Let's – I mean, if we're going to talk yeah. about it, let's talk about it. This was the east side. This was – The east side of the east Yeah, side. yeah. So, like, in Vegas, uh, we live in the south, which is Henderson, south Las Vegas. Um, it's real – a lot of racing, a lot of, lot of hillbillies, a lot of redneck, a lot of, but like it's back more home. spread out. There's a lot, like a lot of rhinos. People can go out to the desert. Yeah, side stuff. by each other's. Yeah, big, big recreational side of town is the south. Um, reminds me a lot of like back home. Uh, everybody likes to be out and do stuff. They do fires. They do rides. They do all kinds of stuff. A lot of drinking, a lot of partying. Yep. Um, then you've got the north side, which is... They're aliens. Uh, I don't even know if there's oxygen up on the north side. Uh, you've got the west side, which is Summerlin, and that's the hoity-toity fucking high-end whatever. Um, good people, but like they're definitely their own thing. Yeah, it's a different and then you have the east side, which is very interesting because the east side is extremely ghetto right? and ultra-dark. And then it it stops like once you hit Hollywood Boulevard, which is surprisingly exactly where this party was. Once you hit Hollywood, it goes into like this back into the hillbilly. Yes, right. It like it, it goes into like a little bit higher end homes, a mm-hmm. uh, little bit higher uh, income. Um, but However, then but then you have these like hood rat ass ghetto house like right. trap houses dropped in the middle of very nice homes because it is you know it is an area. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll be honest. Every area has those those ghetto mm-hmm. homes sprinkled into the neighborhood. Yeah. He's like, ah, mm, can't wait till they move out. But it's extremely prominent on yeah. the East side. Like you'll have, you'll have a house that's worth uh 2 million, uh, 1 million, uh, 850,000, 500,000. And then you'll have a trap house that's worth like 60 bucks. And then you'll have another one worth a million right next door. Yep. And then you'll have like, 
the house that we were at, very nice home, very nice backyard, beautiful pool. It's got a casita party, like a little party pad in the back, yep. you know. They're real um, Islander. They like that Kenny Chesney lifestyle, the, you know. Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett yep. lifestyle, right? So their whole backyard is beautiful. Like they have a very nice lot. It's about an acre, I would say. Um, probably a three, 4,000 square foot, two-story home. But right next door is a fucking lot, an empty, empty lot, lot. Yep. that rich people have to hold a, a horse on. That's it. That's all it's there for. There's no home. Yep. It's a it's a almost an acre, same size lot but it's for one for fucking horse, horse, and a, horse and 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 a and a pig, I think. Right. And they show up in a 2018 Beamer, ice white <laughs> Beamer, to drop off. Hey, it's it's crazy. So uh, that's where we were. Um, Little River's first birthday. He loved it. It was great. Uh, we had a great time. Um, and then you want to you want to kind of talk about your little situation you had at the old Seven Eleven. So we uh, we go we're at the party, kind of figuring out. Zach really wanted. To, he kept saying, "Cut an episode like we're about to rip a vinyl or something." Right Hell now. Hell yeah! But so we uh, <laughs> we decide at the party we're gonna record this. So we split the party. Uh, it's a 30, 40 minute drive from where he, that was at Sheesh. to where we're recording this currently. So we cruise back this way. Zach went to old T-Bell, pick up some, some food because he's got some teeth issues so he can't eat at the party. <laughs> You're a dick. But, uh, <laughs> I have aligners, bro. I ain't got no teeth issues. I just can't eat. Yeah, teeth issues. Like you got to carry a toothbrush around wherever you go. Anyways, so I stop at 7-Eleven. I grab a Gatorade. I grab a can of chew. But I, I park in the parking lot. I park three spots away from the next nearest car because I just whip in. I'm pulling in, pulling out real quick, so I don't really care. I think I took up two spots, whatever. I both feet on the ground, and I immediately hear, hey, you want me to buy you some cigarettes? Some Siggy Pops. Like I'm a 14-year-old that <laughs> stole his mom's truck to go to the corner <laughs> store. Like, I know I don't look like an old man, but what the hell? That's awesome. And what gives it away that, like, I need some – like, I step foot – both feet on the ground immediately like yo you need some siggies dog like no well it, okay okay so there is a stigma i think nationwide well period there's not a whole lot of i'm trying to think of like 7-elevens in wisconsin or like the midwest it's very very rare i'll be honest i didn't see one while i was there it's very 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 rare i don't think i don't think there's a whole lot if there is they're closer to like inner city like chicago like and inside the city indian sort of stuff city. like that yeah. yeah but here there's a stigma behind everything right so when you go to um when you go to a terribles or a rebel right you know depending on the cross streets, what kind of terribles or rebels that's going to be. You know what sound's going to come at you when you walk in the door, basically. Right. There's there's terribles and rebels on, like, uh, Buffalo that are pretty pretty white, okay? Pretty, pretty vanilla. And then there's terribles and rebels on, actually, this one right here on Eastern and Windmill. That's very ghetto, okay? It's extremely ghetto. Yep. And the floors are sticky, and it's gross. Whatever. The, the cashier dude has seven and a half fingers. And probably seven and a half ounces of whatever the fuck you're looking for. Let's be honest. Yeah. So there's yeah. a stigma. like, And you know where you're at in town and you know which ones you should and shouldn't go to. But then you talk about 7-Elevens. And it's like 
fucking no holds barred. It, it it's game on. You you do not know what you're gonna show up to when you go to a Seven Eleven. You know Seven Eleven's gonna have the roller bites. Okay. You know they're gonna have deals on Michelob Ultra and Coors Light. Yep. About three bucks off if you use your rewards. Awesome. What you don't know is if you're gonna get shot at or not. If we're being completely honest. Right. The one that's right by my house, which is Eastern and Pebble. Very mild neighborhood. This is a very, very good neighborhood. Well, that, There's not a whole lot also, of riffraff. It's a commercial area. Like it's the parking lot that that's in. It's in front of a Dutch Bros. There's a movie theater in the back. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of strip. Like it's not like it's not what you would consider like a ghetto area, but it's a Seven Eleven. So you're like Seven oh. Eleven. So you'll have this little you'll have this little splotch of ghetto. Right in the middle of yeah. like something that shouldn't be ghetto, and it's I go there almost like at least twice a week. I stop in there for like whatever, like the cashier ladies. Uh, she used to fly. She used to be a flight attendant, and she was one of the flight attendants on the Packers private charter planes when Brett Favre was playing. Okay. So one time I went in there. Obviously, I have a Wisconsin ID, and she's like, "No shit." And I was like, "What's up?" She's like, "You're from Wisconsin." I was like, "Hell yeah." She's like, so I do. So I'm. I know it looks bad, you know, because yeah, everybody so thinks. <laughs> everybody thinks like these stigmas behind like jobs and shit is. It's just dumb to me. Like whatever. So she's retired. So she was a flight attendant for like thirty fucking years, and now she works at a Seven Eleven because she's bored. Right. She's right. probably sixty some years old. Uh, she's an older black lady, super nice, um, but she does this because she's bored. And she was like, I used to be on the private fucking charters for the Packers. And I used to meet all the Packers players from back in the day. And like, it's super crazy. So I make sure I go there at least twice a week, make sure she's doing all right, go buy something from her, whatever, whether it's a, I really like those jalapeno cream cheese roller bites. They're not good for you. I've been trying to eat healthier, but you know, and we wonder why you get sick. Well, I get sick cause I took random shots, but anyways, um, so yeah, I mean, the Seven Eleven is very—it's uh, a crazy thing to think about in like the overall scheme of society. Is like how you can have these things just dropped in to like you know if yeah. you live here, you know you're well, like, yep, I know exactly. What you're yeah, yeah, that Seven Eleven on on so and so street and so and so. Oh yeah, that that place is well, sketchy I've, as hell. And I've had experiences both ways because my buddy moron, but like <laughs> good friend, like we would go hang out. And one time we picked him up from the 7-Eleven nearby my house or where I was living. And he left his vehicle there because who cares? It was the th- it was $1,000 Jeep that I sold him. So, I like, it, yeah. like, it wasn't getting – if it got stolen, it was going 40 feet one way. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> but, like, he, he left it there anyways. We're done kicking it. We're going back to drop it. We see flashing lights. And, like, That's the 7-Eleven, dog. No, no, that's not the, there's no way. No, it's not. We pull up, it's the 7-Eleven. There's three, I don't know why there was that many cops. There's three, three cops surrounded his Jeep. Sheesh. He walks up, this dude's seven foot tall, walks up, gets in, fires it up, straight pipe, walk, backs up, takes off. Cops don't look at him, like, and then there's other times when you go in there and every other, everybody and their mom looks like, is, wants to know why you're there and what you're doing. Yeah. So. I mean, a 7-Eleven is what it is, but you can either have a good experience or... Same thing with a Smith's. That's a grocery store out here. I know everybody back home is like, 
They're Kroger's Fuck back home. Smoke. No, they don't even do Kroger's, bro. Kroger's? Hell no. Like, my hometown, Rhinelander, is a Walmart Supercenter, obviously. Duh. A Triggs, which is like, uh, man, Triggs is more like, uh, I don't even know what to compare it to. Triggs is like down home. That's like some Trader Joe shit, like right? Like Ridley's? Mm, more homely than a Yeah, yeah, more. And then uh, out, there's an Aldi's in Rhinelander, but nobody goes there. Aldi's is like the cheap, cheap shit, right? You say that, but they've opened up one here and everybody lost their mind. Really? Yeah. Oh, it was a big deal. It, Summerlin. Everybody ah, lost their mind. Crazy. So there's an Aldi's in Rhinelander. Well, there was. Who knows if that thing's still striving or not. And then um, outside of my hometown, there's Piggly Wiggly's, obviously. That's not real. That's not up by us. That's more southern Wisconsin. Uh, like Green Bay, like Wausau, down. Um, and I'm sure there's others that I don't know about, but like out here we've got Smith's, Albertsons, and Vaughn's, which is all pretty much the same thing. Uh, it's where you don't want to go if you don't want to go to Walmart, basically. Because Walmart well, is I mean, just rough. I mean, it's fucking rough, Well, that's man. the thing, and especially out here, is tech, you don't even have – not all Walmarts have the – produce section or the food section right. out here so you got that when they don't well, have the fuel either so that's a big thing i didn't know about like back home everyone or, well fuel i don't know about home. a lot of people from back home but myself when i was there i didn't really give a fuck about the fuel right because right? like i still to this day i feel the same way about fuel you can have a conversation with me about fuel prices and it's gonna last about six seconds maybe because i'm always gonna say the same thing hey quick question are you or are you not bitching about fuel pricing? Usually the response to that is, yes, I'm bitching about the fuel pricing. I go, what are you going to do? Fucking walk? Like, that's it. It, it. Is fuel $7 a gallon in some places? Yes. What are you going to do? Are you going to fucking walk? Are this you going to get a bicycle? Right? Yeah. You're not. You're going to fucking just pay for the fuel and you're going to move on with your day and you're going to realize that shit gets out of hand. It is what it is. Right. But let's be fucking real honest here. I went to Smith's the other day. And, um, I was filling my truck. Uh, what was I doing? Oh, I was going to, this was last week or the week before week before I was going to a meeting on the North side of town and I had to get some fuel, uh, use the, the, the company credit card cause it's the company expense, right? I'm going to do business, stuff, yeah. going to do work stuff. And, but I always use my rewards at Smith's for fuel. I like to help the company out. I'm a company guy. Like I'm for the company. So I always want to try and save some money. Also, because I'm the CFO. I'm a cheap fuck, right? It's money. So usually it's about three cents a gallon is your base. Like if you're a rewards guy, you get the three cents off. But if you do shopping there, you accumulate these points from the certain things that you buy. And then you actually develop more of a discount per gallon. Well, I didn't even know it, but I went grocery shopping like the week before, and I ended up racking up like ten cents a gallon off. I didn't even know it. It yep. was like I like plugged my thing in, and it was like, "Do you want ten cents a gallon off?" And I was like, "Does a bear shit in the woods? Of course I want to fucking take ten gallon, ten cents a gallon off." So I did it, and it brought it down to like three forty a gallon, which is the cheapest I've seen it in mm-hmm. ever. Well, you I mean, know, Smith's so it's, is generally cheaper than anybody else around mm-hmm. town. It's kind of cool, but 
I didn't realize that that's such a drive for people to go do their stuff. Like, oh, so you don't go near Costco when it's open. Well, no, I don't have a Costco reward. No, that's a cult. Go to Costco. I'm saying go near Costco. No, no. So the Costco by our office, you've driven by it. Yes. So you know how big that parking lot is. Uh huh. Full. Every day. That's like two thousand cars. Yeah. Or three thousand. It's full. The parking lot itself is full. Now I don't know how many of those are employees. Clearly, that's going to be a percentage. Hundred. But maybe still, from the front of that from. The entirety of that lot to the nearest strip mall section they got is Jesus. filled, and there's generally a line for the fuel station. And I think they've got like 40 pumps. That so that's just it's 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 wild to see the difference in how consumerism, if that's a word, I feel like that's probably not feels, a word. Feels like a word though. It feels like it's gross to me, but it's weird how that drives certain things. You know, like I'm gonna I don't wanna go to this grocery store. Right. Which is closer to my home. And more convenient. And more convenient because I can save sixty five cents down the street. But what's crazy is is that there's a similar thing back home where I come from is with this coupon thing. And I remember, I remember not necessarily my grandparents, but like friends of my grandparents being massive fucking coupon people. Right. They would save thousands of dollars a year in coupon just because they had the patience well, and I mean, the time to that, fuck around that with that it. TV show. Yeah. You see, at, I, <laughs> you see clips from that TV show, and the dude or the lady who's handing them coupons is like, "Yeah, a big smile on their face, like, yeah, I've got all this, sh- you know, all this shit, all the coupons, all the things." Woo! Right, and then it pans over the cashier, and the cashier is like, "I think if I kill him right now, yeah, I will only get the rest of my life in prison." Right, which sounds way better than standing this, here and watching a guy scan seventy-five fucking coupons to save a buck forty. Right, and the one I was watching was the guy had a, a trapper keeper filled of one. I hate coupon t- people. One type of coupon, right? And he was doling it individual. I hate coupon people. Singular, and he had thousands. Of if you're a coupon person and you're listening to this, please turn this off. Yeah, go. Because I don't like it. We don't need you. We don't like this. Just we're listen. not going to save you any money. Zach's pretty stingy on the discount codes as it is. I haven't gotten one yet, <laughs> so listen. Yeah. Here's the thing: stuff costs money. Okay, so you know what you do when the cost of stuff goes up. You work harder to make more money to pay for that stuff. That's just the fucking American dream, buddy. You can't wait for the shit to come back down. And if you want to have a political fucking podcast, guess what? You're going to have one. You're, you're at some point in our lives in the next near future, you're going to have one because that's politics. I don't want to talk about the left and the right and the this and the that. I don't want to talk about that stuff. I want to talk about the real stuff. I want to talk about how people lose sight of what's real. They go, well, this is bullshit. I can't believe gas is $5 a gallon. This is bullshit. I can't believe a, 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 a gallon of milk is 8 bucks. Well, guess what? It fucking is, Buy a bub. Cow. Yeah, buy a fucking cow. Buy some property. Buy a cow. Milk the cow. Raise the cow. Caress and love the cow. Then Kill butcher the, the cow. cow. And then realize that, guess what? You've got to buy another fucking cow. And what is your time worth? The hours and hours and hours and hours and hours you put in to... Okay. Loving and caring for this cow to make sure that it outputs what you need. Mm-hmm. What does that relate to in your savings? None. It's bullshit and go fuck yourself. It's simple. Like, 
That's it. And then what are you going to say when the new cow costs more? Mm. Well, that's bullshit. <laughs> I should make my own cows. There you go. Breed your own fucking yeah, cows. And then all of a sudden, you're a cow breeder. And, and now you're selling cows yeah. for fucking top dollar because that's how the fucking American dream works. Yeah. There we go. We solved it. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Coupon people. Just start raising Yeah, cows. hey. I think we solved everybody. Stop problems. couponing. Build cows. Raise cows. Easy. <laughs> Easy. No problem. And then don't forget your chickens and your fo- whatever the fuck else you need. Your fish. Because everybody, you need a little bit of fish. Yeah, but fish, protein. Is a, if you're, well, fish is a whole different animal unless you're you're not raising fish. No, I mean. You're fishing. You you as an individual can go fish. Where are you going to fish here? Here, like here, you're, you ta- ain't you're talking about. Here. Oh, we're. I thought we were talking about general. Here I know, but you got to kind of, you got to kind of broad, you got to cross Vegas the area, gap. You got to go not. here and then you got to go like real life because Vegas isn't real life. We live this fallacy of right. life where we have everything shipped in and we somehow have the fresh, the most fresh sushi on the planet. I don't understand which that. Has, yeah. It's been voted on by millions of people. We have the freshest sushi on the planet, which is not even real. We don't have a fucking ocean here. That's not real. Okay. I've had sushi off the coast of Mexico, fresh, fresh, like caught it, cut it, ate right. it right then and there. And people still say that it's fresher here in Vegas. Bullshit. We live in the middle of fucking desert. Okay. We have nothing but sagebrush, desert, sun, Palm trees that someone else brought here. They're fucking weed. They're not real. Um, and just a lot of fucking stupid people. So that's what we have here. Welcome. Welcome to Lost Bagels. <laughs> this, um, this podcast fucking sucks. Yeah. I don't know why anybody listens to this. this so, is dumb. So Do you know that. that we have people listening outside of the United States of America? Australia. Australia. Belize. We have one in Italy. We have one listener in Italy. That poor fucking Italian bastard. That was definitely an oops. Because <laughs> there's some show, there's there's a show in Italy that talks about football or something. European football. I'm not talking about you know football, football for you Americans. Soccer, football. I mean, to be honest, we should no. Listen. We should rename football football because you don't use your foot. You use the foot once. Okay, so what would the next I don't. I don't know. Like no, because that's already. That's already uh, handball is already a thing. I'm just saying it's. I mean, as we're going for logistics, football soccer makes more sense because it's you're playing with your. You're, there's actually a rule against using your hands in soccer. And so it makes more sense as it being called football. But that's just whatever. Call it fucking soccer and Corolla. Period. Yeah. Just Corolla. Well, there goes that Italian list. And don't know much about much. Well, I mean, I I know stuff, and then every time you ask me questions about things, and I come up with knowledge, you're either like, "Where? Why do you know that?" or "Why would a human no being know that?" And then what's it come back usually as fact? How long are we done? Twenty minutes. I don't know how much is eleven hundred and eighty-five seconds divided by sixty. I don't know. Let me pop a calculator real quick. What's 
Yeah, what do you want to talk about? You're also assuming he would A, I would have been, yeah, go get me a, a pack of Camel Crushes, and he would have come back with a pack of Camel Crushes. Like, I feel like if we're doing that scenario, you yes, and then you take what you get. If you're the person who's like, hey, dude, can you buy us beer from the store, and they come back with whatever garbage beer that you didn't really want, you're like, thanks, sir, you're the best. And now you can't go any different store and get exactly. what you really wanted because it's like a So we could have been smoking Marbreds. I'm thinking we probably would have been smoking Menthol 100s. Yeah. Because <laughs> he would have got the cheapest ones, would have copped the cheapest ones and pocketed the change like you would. So, but yeah, anyways. You want to rip on the uh, Packers? Right, because you as a Packers share, shareholder want to make sure your voice is heard and old uh, Pete LaFleur can get the average Joes back, back going next year. And Right, that almost ended in a tie. Correct. Oh. The clips from that football game are priceless because from both sides it is people I've never wanted to tie so bad in my entire life can't we just call it like do we have to Chargers yeah <laughs> Chargers Raiders didn't matter they were both like hey if we all leave they can't fire us all right <laughs> so Sure. Uh, but anyways, I stuck with the Packers, held on to the Packers the whole week. So Packers number one, Steelers two. That's how it works every year. Uh, Steelers ended up making it to the playoffs, got absolutely fucking burnt in the first round of the playoffs. Oh, Ben Hamburger Helper couldn't uh, move his quick feet. Gone. So he's a, he's 
Have you seen him in practice? Have, have you seen videos of him in practice? Like the backup QB shakes and like shimmies around and moves around in the pocket. Yeah. And when we say shit, it's the pads that they hold to to represent a human being. Yeah. They're throwing human beings at this guy. Not not moving a step. I'm the wrong person to ask. I'm dead wrong on that one. I apologize. Yeah. Um, they went like 13 and 3. Very, very, very good record going deep into the playoffs, uh, either divisional rounds or NFC championships uh, the past three or four years. And But they've been winning ugly, like very, very ugly teams. Like last minute, last play, just barely squeaking it out, that kind of stuff. But this year was a little bit different. They were doing very good. They seemed like a solid team. A lot of defensive issues to go through throughout the entire year. Their secondary was weak, always hurt. Um, Jair Alexander, Kelly Green, guys like that in the secondary were just struggling to make plays. And they kind of finally seemed to make things click and they were winning games dominantly with no one. They didn't have any of their receivers. They didn't have any of their tight ends. They, they had Aaron Rodgers, they had Devontae Adams, they had Eli Manning for sure. They had Marcos Elder. Offensive linemen, they didn't have. They had third, fourth, fifth string offensive linemen, but the secondary was just 
special teams and prepared one of the defensive linemen badly, middle linebacker did, and absolutely killed him. But they were still winning the game. So it was like this tale of it was at the time when they won the second to last game of the season they won and they locked in the number one air, uh, number one NFC seed. So right. they, they locked in that first round bye. Because <coughs> this year they changed the whole system on that NFL league. They only gave out one Right. Which is going to be a fucking, that's a big thing. Like, it's massive to have games go to Superdome, especially when it's cold. And you know a California team is coming. Which is big. It's a big deal. Everybody was supposed to get healthy after the season. So Aaron's foot was supposed to be healed. Stephen Gilmore was supposed to come back. He didn't. Uh, Bakhtiari was supposed to come back. Jair Alexander was supposed to come back. All these guys were supposed to come back. So the league was going into the NFC Divisional Round. Your shit on, dog? You sure? Hello? Oh, there it is. Have I been off? God knows how long. That's good. That's. Now, I'm going to be honest. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm a, I don't know. We could have been picking up all of that. Oh, so we don't know. That's what I'm saying. Good. So I'm just going to keep going as if we have had the whole thing the whole time. Hey, if you're coming back from a a spot of dead silence, that was supposed to be an ad break. Yeah. (laughs) Or something stupid. Yikes. Okay. We're talking about the Packers. Packers. Still. Okay. So. Week one. Did you see anything on your screen that entire time when I was talking? Yeah, we're back now. But before that, nothing. How far back before that? Probably the entire Packers thing. Nah, you were definitely talking for the beginning of it, for sure. Z's. Okay. I'll, All right. I'll scan through. Okay. So, anyways, the Packers had this whole thing where everyone was going to be healed up and fucking perfect and everything was going to be fine, whatever. I'm sorry if we have any technical difficulties <laughs> this time out. Like, we, we're we trying our best, but, like, you guys will get over it, I'm sure. It's good content. You just got to be patient. So, anyways, Packers, everybody's going to get healthy. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it. He's got the best numbers except for his playoff record um, and his Super Bowl record. He's got the best statistics throughout. He's got the best touchdown to interception. He's got the best completion. He's got the best passer rating. He's got the best everything. He is one of the most accurate, best quarterbacks to ever play the game. So they've got this big fucking thing where we're, you know, the Niners have to come to Lambeau and it's going to be fucking 10 degrees and it's going to be colder than shit and it's packed. Packers are going to wipe the floor with these guys. Well, 
this was the first game that I remember seeing in at least 10, 15 years where the defense actually was a fucking defense. Like, Packers defense, phenomenal. Badass. Awesome. Aaron Rodgers did not want to fucking play that game. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care. Like, fight me. Like, fight me in real life over this. I've watched, just for reference, I watched Eli Manning, who played for the Giants, barely fucking make it into the playoffs. And when he got to these divisional games, played his fucking heart out, like blood and broken bones. Yep. And his jersey's ripped, and his ca- his pads are hanging out. It was a different set of rules, too. I'm not even get. Yeah, I'm not even doing that. Or- I'm just saying, like, played his fucking heart out, bro. Like, wanted to win the game. Wanted to win the game. Didn't matter what it took. He's gonna run. Eli Manning's gonna grab the ball. He's gonna raise, put his head down. He's gonna put his shoulders out. He's gonna fuck some guys. Out. He's gonna try and get that first down. Aaron Rodgers last Saturday. Because today's Saturday. Tomorrow's the AFC and NFC Championship games. Last Saturday, when the Packers played the Niners at home for the divisional round, Aaron Rodgers did not want to play that fucking game. Didn't want to play. A.J. Dillon wanted to play. Fuck, Aaron Jones wanted to play. Devontae Adams wanted to play. Right. All these guys wanted to play. Aaron Rodgers did not want to fucking play that game. And he played like a fucking pussy. He played like a scum. Like, I'm so... I'm so frustrated with him because, like, Aaron's been my guy since I was a kid because I watched the Brett Favre and I watched it transition into Aaron Rodgers and, like, Packers and blah, 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 blah. And he's a real down-home, humble guy. And one of the comments that he had leading up to the game was, like, I hope people aren't interested in uh, tuning in to root against me because of my vaccination status. That was like one of the things that he let he put out into the world about it, which if any anybody knows anything, Aaron Rodgers was not vaccinated for the COVID COVID nineteen. Right. Uh, he was quote unquote immunized, whatever. Don't really fucking care. Not my problem. Not my body. Not much. I don't give a fuck about it. Whatever. That's his choice. He made that choice. He made his bed. He laid in it. He fucking told it to the world. Whatever. But like. He didn't want to fucking play that game, bro. He 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 didn't he didn't show the grit. He didn't show he's a playmaker. He's supposed to be a playmaker. So you're supposed to extend plays, you're supposed to make shit happen, you're supposed to conduct your offense to do things, you're supposed to make changes. They went out first drive and scored immediately. Awesome. It was fucking perfect. I was like, "Yep, here we go. This is fucking sweet. Everything's firing on all four cylinders." Aaron's fucking hitting Devontae for these fucking amazing catches. Everything's flowing. Got the run game. Second drive, they kind of went down, almost scored again, and got stopped. They kind of hushed up the run game. And from there on out, the Packers never made another fucking change. Net didn't change a thing. Nothing. No changes, even after halftime. No adjustments. No, just went back to the same bullshit of three and out, three and out, punt, three and out, punt, three and out, three and out, punt, punt, fumble, punt, fumble. Then they had, uh, they had a, a, they were punting from their end zone ish and had a blocked punt, right? In the end zone. Right by the end zone, right. So, uh, <coughs> Barocres is the is the punter. I think is how you pronounce his name. 
got a blocked punt, and it went, I don't know, 200 yards into the air. Entire Packers team just looking around. While the Niners are like, where's the fucking ball, bro? Like, uh, they, you got guys, the Niners team is like freaking out. Like, right. where's the ball? Where's the ball? Where's, where's, where's the ball? And it lands, and they grab it, and they run it in for a touchdown. Now the Niners are in the game. Because before that, the Packers were like 10 to nothing or whatever. And like holding, you know, it was like fourth quarter, like, all right, they could probably win this. Right. Game over, bro. As soon as they got, like the Packers just stood there. And they're like, well, we don't know where the ball's at. I don't know. We'll figure it out tomorrow, maybe. And they lost. And they went home. And they fucking went home. And then you're supposed to stand behind Aaron Rodgers being the best to ever do it. Right. But how? When you watch that, he literally didn't want to play for the team. So I don't know. And and he goes on Pat McAfee's show every Tuesday. Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. He's got a book club on there. It's a fucking fun thing. He, like, talks about it's, – it's really good. I think it's good for Aaron to have, like, a platform to talk about because he doesn't really get to talk about stuff. Right. I think guys who are, like, on that upper echelon of sports, they, they don't get a voice. Like, everybody creates their voice for them, yeah. and they don't get to talk about it. So it's really nice that he has Pat McAfee's show to, like, talk about stuff. Right, yep. get his points and things out. Right, and he talks about, he talked about COVID, and he talked about health, and he talked about this, and he talked about football, and he talks about everything that's going on. I think it's great. But he, he didn't have a whole lot to say after the game. He was like, eh, we kind of, fu-, like, to create a synopsis of it, but he, yeah, we kind of fucking sucked. It's like, how do you sit there and you go, you literally yeah. you literally smoked the NFC by a long shot. Locked in the number one seed two weeks before the season was over. Right. And got to be put on cruise control and have the entire NFC run through your hometown. And then you don't fucking show up. You don't want to play. You drop the ball. You choke terribly. Yep. Terribly. Jimmy Garoppolo is the wide, is the quarterback for the Niners. Okay. He he's uh he's a scumbag and he's a terrible quarterback and mm-hmm. he throws just ducks all day long. He's fucking awful. Like you could throw a ball better than him probably. He has a 5 and 1 postseason record. Okay? F- 4 of those is against Aaron Rodgers. Pretty sure. 3 or 4. Rough. Yeah. Well, I mean, that kind of goes because I'm not. RJ's not ball sports. We know this. Yeah, yeah. I'm not in it. So I, but I do see the memes. A lot of memes out there, and just some of them are great. Uh, the one I sent you is the two greatest quarterbacks of all time, and one or was it two Super Bowl trophies? Is kind of a tough look. That's one of my personal favorites. Thirty, so thirty fucking years, bro. Yeah. 30 years yep. of Packers. Quote-unquote dominance. 30 years of Packers. Okay? Two Super Bowls. One in 1996 with Brett Favre against the Broncos. Mm, Patriots. Sorry. It was, the, it was January of 1996. They won against the Patriots. Okay. Uh, I believe um, that was when, what's his name? I don't remember his name was a quarterback, but whatever. Uh, They won that one in 96, and then they won in 2011 against the Steelers. I 
think it was the Steelers. Steelers or Cardinals? Yeah. Steelers. Two, and that was Aaron Rodgers. Two Super Bowls in 30 years. Then my other favorite. How, how, not to cut you off, but how, how does a guy like me, who loves Aaron Rodgers, I love the Packers, I love everything that they stand for, I love the way that the team is operated, owned and operated, I love that about them. And I love that they're like the most popular fan base in the nation out of the smallest town, right? They'd like Green Bay is like 100,000 people or whatever, 120,000. And it's like the most popular fucking fan base in the NFL. Right. Like, how do you stand behind that? Because Aaron Rodgers is a very, very fucking good quarterback. But if you can't put everything else around him, right, it's useless. Now, he had the best defense in the league show up on Sunday, on Saturday for right. him. He didn't. So that's where I have these problems, like mixed emotions of like being a sports fan is like, how the fuck are you supposed to comprehend this and be like, Oh yeah, you're right. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best. Like look at his stats. Look at how he like carries himself. Look at his, like he, he can throw 80 yards into a bucket. Like it doesn't matter. Like he's the best there is to like read the defense, play the game, all that stuff. He's terrible at clock management. We always know this. He's always getting delay of games. He's always burning timeouts that he's not supposed to be. And then he shows up to a divisional round playoff game at home. <coughs> at home after a dominant season. And has all the confidence in the world. And gets absolutely fucking mollywhopped. Like, does not show up. It's Sports are so frustrating. And I understand why people like you don't enjoy sports. Because you don't really get anything out of it. Because it's well, stupid. You, well, that, and then you see people put this much into it, or the people who, like, have a bad, the team has a bad result, and they destroy their house, <laughs> and post, they decide that's a great, let's post this on Facebook <laughs> to see how big of a dumbass I am. Like, that, the people who do that make me not, like, that's why I don't like it, yeah, because you got all the people who are like, you got fucking it's Stone's puck. <laughs> like it's not his. It's if it's his puck, he should go out there and play by himself. And mm -hmm. then you can tune in for his pay per view Twitch play by myself stream mm -hmm. if that's what you want to see. Yeah, you're watching a competition. If they don't win, they don't fucking win. Don't. Yeah, cry. I mean that's. I mean, you know. I watched the game. I was pretty upset about it, but, like, it didn't ruin my day, yeah. you know? Like, that's not the type of sports fan I am. It doesn't ruin my day. But I think it doesn't ruin my day because, like, I'm used like I'm used to it. I know that the Packers are going to choke in the playoffs. Right. I know that the Steelers aren't going to be worth a shit. So, like, I love football just because it's competitive, and I like the fact that, like, as terrible as this sounds, like, I love the fact that people are – turning their bodies into machines and like being able to do the wild fucking shit that they can do the right. one-handed catches Pinnacle and athletes. they they are athletes and it's amazing to watch um it's the politics man that really just it it turns me off as a human to where i just i i don't like i don't like to hear i don't care about your vaccination status i don't care about who you vote for i don't care about who you're dating i don't care about any of that stuff i literally just want to I don't look, I don't watch any sports shows. I don't 
the only one I've listened to for a couple hours every week is Pat McAfee's, right. and that's because he's funny and his boys are funny. I've followed him for years, and he's he's just he's an amazing human being, and he takes care of his people. Like he just got the 120 million dollar deal from FanDuel, which is fucking super sick. And he gave every one of his boys 250 grand, and then he walked around and gave like his old fucking college a million bucks and his old high school yep. a million bucks, and like all these places like. Uh, Peyton Manning has a children's hospital. He gave them like a million bucks. Like super cool. Like awesome guy. Love that guy. That's the only sports show I watch because I don't want to fucking do it. I don't care. Like I don't want this politics. I don't care about what they're doing in their personal life that's affecting their gameplay. Like it doesn't matter to me. I want to watch them show up. Like tomorrow, um, I'm going to be rooting for Joe Shiesty. You know who Joe Shiesty is? Not a clue. Joe Burrow. Oh, okay. I know. Yeah. I think um, I'm going to put a rough estimate and say America is rooting for Joe Burrow. Yeah. Do you want to – can you want – do you want to just – I'm going to grab a beer real quick, but do you want to talk about why America is fucking pulling for Joe Shiesty? I have no idea, to be completely honest. I truly don't know why. How am I supposed to get a beer if you can't fucking – Get a fridge, doggy. I have a fridge four feet away, but I got to, like, move the stuff. Talk about something. Talk. Talk today, Junior. I don't know what do you. I, this is fucking retarded. I don't like talking to myself. This is stupid. Enjoy dead air, everybody. We run a podcast out of my house. Uh huh. Yeah, it's not a fucking studio. Our personal assistant called in sick at eight forty-five on a fucking Saturday, so they couldn't be here to feed us. We beers. have a personal assistant. You have an assistant. I'm back. I don't. Uh. America is rooting for Joe Shisey for this reason, this reason alone. Patrick Mahomes. Oh, that's right. Which is, okay, let's back up. AFC, uh, AFC championship tomorrow is between the Cincinnati Bengals, which is the first time they've made it this far in, I don't know, 30, 40 fucking years. It's crazy. Uh, since text messaging was invented. No, no. That stat that you saw was, the, that was, a, was them getting into the fucking playoffs. That's what I'm saying. In general. Yeah. Yeah, they haven't made it this far. But they haven't. Text message yeah, yeah. has been invented. Yeah, yeah. 1992 was the first text message, and 1993 was the last time the Cincinnati Bengals were in the playoffs. But they haven't made it to an AFC championship game, I don't think, maybe ever. Like, I, I'm sure somebody will fact check me on this. I don't know. I don't really care. But whatever. So, meanwhile... Or, sorry, back up. Mind you, we run this podcast off of no notes right now. So we have, like, I'm not, I don't have anything in front of me whatsoever except for a beer. I have my phone, but I'm not even really looking stuff up because I don't care that much. But anyways, uh, tomorrow is the Cincinnati Bengals uh, are playing the uh, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And Patrick Mahomes is obviously the quarterback for the Chiefs. His fiance, fiance. thing... Yep. And brother yep. are the, the worst human beings in football. Are the worst human beings on planet Earth. So have you seen the picture of Mahomes and his girlfriend from high school? <laughs> Where he's sitting at the lunch table like Depressed meh, and, shit, and, and she's, she's all like, like meh. Smile oh yeah. 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 And I think the one I saw of the like the <laughs> red like never looked happier. Yikes. Or something like yeah, that. So everybody in the world is pulling for Joe Shiesty to shut them down. Actually, I would love to see the Rams and Bengals. Because the NFC is the uh, Rams, 
and uh, who won? Uh, oh, Niners. Duh, Duh dumbass. Uh, so, uh, Matty Stafford, first year off of the Lions with the Rams, mm-hmm. going into the NFC Championship, pretty cool for him. Like, that's super rad. Yep. He played on the world's worst team for 16 he a, years. He was a solid player on the world's worst team. He's an f- amazing fucking quarterback. That guy played with a broken back, broken arms, Dislocated clavicles, shoulder. shoulder. Like, he didn't give a fuck. He was there to fucking win the game. He's got a lot of heart. He, he, him and uh, Carson Wentz, that's another quarterback who's got, like, got a lot of heart behind him. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how those games go. Uh, I'm very, very disappointed that the Packers are out. I'm I guess maybe uh, seeing the way that the Packers showed up in that divisional round, I'm kind of glad that they didn't make it to this far because man, you just hate to see, you just hate to see you hate to see it. Like last year the Packers went to the NFC Championship against the Bucks at home mm-hmm. and got fucking mollywopped by Tom Brady, like absolutely fucking smoked. Right. And it's like what are we doing here? Like hey, something's not right. Like you guys can win these fucking regular season games, and then and then what? You forget how to play football. I mean, that goes to the coaching staff. Has to be right. Their special teams didn't show up. Like everything was like dog shit. Like except for the defense. Like I I would give their defense the highest praise. It it kept the Niners to thirteen points. Shouldn't have, but it did. And you know, seven of those thirteen points was special teams touchdown. You know, so. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I think the overtime game between the Chiefs and who did they play last Bills. week? Bills. So I think that was kind of a crock of shit, uh, mainly because for some reason NFL postseason overtime rules are different than other overtime oh, you rules. Mean the fact that if the person who has the possession of the football scores first, that's the end of the game rules? Precisely, RJ. That's fucking dog shit. It's terrible. It's fucking terrible, bro. It, the best way I saw someone put it on the internet, to be honest with you, like it doesn't matter what sp- if if you're genuinely interested in sports, think about it like you're in extra innings of a baseball game and the away team doesn't get to bat. Yeah. Right? It's bullshit. That's it's not how that works. Well, I mean, it's also not the first time this has been an issue. And even as a non-football guy, for me to know that, no, it means that this rule's kind of fucked. It's it's fucked. And you know, we can sit here and bitch all day. It is what it is. We ain't gonna change it. Our little fucking bullshit podcast isn't gonna change Roger Goodell's fucking decisions, right? I don't but, think anything changes that guy's decision. No, but we have to talk about it because it's. People feel the same way we do. It's bullshit. There's no Josh Allen, who's the quarterback for the Bills, superstar. That guy should be put on a fucking pedestal, dipped in bronze. He's a fucking maniac. He has so much heart. He's got so much skill. He's a great fucking quarterback. He did what needed to be done to win that game. They were up three points with 13 seconds left 13 seconds left for some reason they blew coverage 
the Bills secondary blue coverage and gave up uh, Kelsey on like a 40 yard fucking reception, which immediately puts him in field goal range to tie it up. The problem that I have though is when the, the, the refs never set the ball. So if you back up a week before, the fucking Cowboys were playing the Chiefs mm-hmm. and Dak Prescott ran for, I don't know, 30 yards for a first right down. Middle, yeah. And the fucking refs stopped basically while the clock's running, pulled, he like Dak ran up and was going to spike it to fucking kick the ball to win. And the fucking refs pushed Dak out of the way because they had to set the ball. So Dak's 30-yard quarterback sneak lasted 13 seconds, the same amount of time that it took for the Chiefs to run down and get a fucking game-tying field goal. The refs never set the fucking ball in the game right. last weekend. Ne- they never did. They said, fuck it, whatever. Like, they've got to tie it up, which is bullshit. Like, you have to be consistent. Call it, call it either way. Call Dak's deal bullshit or call the Chiefs deal bullshit. I don't care. Pick one and then stick with it. Like, if you're going to have to set the ball with 13 seconds left in the game, then you're going to have to set the ball. And that's what should have happened when the Chiefs were trying to tie it up with the Bills. Right. Or, if that's not how it's going to be, do it the other way. Don't set the ball and let them play the fucking game. Like, you have to pick one or the other. You cannot do both. So you can't just fucking wing. The officiating body from the the – Cowboys Chiefs game was released. Yeah, yeah. After that game. Yeah, yeah. But what does that then cost? It, uh, and then the same fucking thing just happened to the same officiating body that just did the last Chiefs game. So what does it cost? So so where do you where do you say okay, Jesus Christ? Well, what's it cost is that the the NF the NFL itself has upset fans about one of their uh, we'll call it teams, employees, whatever. They're upset about one of their employees. They don't care. They no. they made it so like, oh well, the person who made that person mad's gone now, and they're not coming back. Yeah. So next year, you guys have will have a fair shake. We can't go back and replay games. So it is what it is, boys. They could burn a bag of dog shit on the fifty yard line, and hundred and fifty fucking million people will still watch the fucking Super Bowl, bro. Correct. It don't matter. It don't matter. Well, they I don't mean, care. You got it. You got to get that halftime show. They don't care about the integrity of the game. They never have and they never would. They can't. They, the, the things that they pull off and the rule changes and the certain things that they decide to target throughout a season, that's what shows you. rules. Not even that. This year was the taunting. Oh. All year was fucking taunting. Refs, refs are actually rooting. Taunting. That was the NFL made a rule that said these are the things that you're going to call on taunting, and then the first 12 weeks of the season, the NFL literally changed the outcomes of games because of taunting rules and calls, which were asinine. Which also, asinine. they called taunting on things that could just, could and were <coughs> celebrations. But getting up but. and getting off of the ball. Moving on with their life, they literally called stuff on. Like, at one on. at one point this season, a ref actually body checked a yep. fucking player and, and called taunting him. on him. And no, he ejected that guy. Yeah, taunting and then ejection off of it. Here's the fucking problem. Last weekend, the Bills and the Chiefs, Tyreek Hill had a breakout run down the right sideline for a touchdown, and at the five yard line, threw up the peace sign. Before he crossed the fucking 
line to the end zone, threw up the peace sign in the face of a defender. No taunting. In my opinion, in my unprofessional, dumb, stupid, retarded opinion, which is why I do not have a, a job in the NFL or any sort of anything whatsoever, like this podcast is never going to be referred to as a sports revision podcast. That's fucking taunting, my guy. That's taunting. I mean, getting up off of a guy because you just carried 13 guys for 10 yards because you're 225 pounds and five foot eight and you get up and you kind of flex a little bit. That's not taunting, my guy. That's not taunting. That's years of fucking work, determination, power. Like you're better than other pe- You're better than other human beings, right? right? And you get up and you flex and then you move on. That's taunting. That's got that got called twice this year. Tyreek Hill throwing up the peace sign, looking back at a defender five feet away on prime time television. Prime time. Yeah. AFC divisional round. Throws up the peace sign. That's not taunting. Dude, come on. It's, like, you gotta fucking call it, well, bro. It's the same it's, or don't. It's not even a football only sport. It's uh it's an issue in basketball as well. That the calls I guess they, they changed one thing they changed was the way they what would happen to make them call a foul and that upset a couple people because they kind of like figured out how they could move their body to inside a foul and whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing, but that's just part of strategy in basketball. And then the other thing is taunting and they, it's the same thing. Like the refs pick and choose what they call taunting, pick and choose what they're going to call. I mean, I saw Pat Bev was, they threw him the ball. He's running down the court. The, the ref trips. He stops. Never. He has the ball. Never stops dribbling the ball. Never travels. Never double dribbles. Never no, nothing. Helps the ref out. Gets the ref going. Goes to take a step. Never again. Never stop and dribble. They call a penalty on him because he stopped. Like it was a shot clock penalty or a movement penalty or what? something. Yeah. They called. They called a technical on him and gave the ball to the other team because he helped the ref up. And the same thing happened to Anthony Davis. His shoe came off in front of the ref. Shoe came completely off of his foot they didn't stop the game they didn't do anything he's like he goes up to the ref like yo what's the deal ejected jesus christ i mean there's no there's no fix to it i've heard pat mcafee rant for hours upon hours about refs like there's no fix to it they're just there has to be more consistency that's all like i'm not saying that taunt i'm not saying that there's room for taunting okay that's not what I'm saying. Right. I'm saying that there's a fucking line that you got to let shit go or not. Well, also pick and choose. You can't go back and forth. Correct. You decide. You and can. you have to, like I said, if that's how you're going to call it, if you're going to make the ref stop the ball and reset the ball call with 13 seconds left, that's what you need to do every fucking time. Yep. You can't just go, ah, Mm-hmm. the last crew did that. That didn't turn out well. Let's not do that. No, fuck you. No, you got to do it. You got to do it. Yep. Or you have to make a press statement that says, hey, yo, that we fucked up. That's not how we conduct business. This is how it's going to be moving forward. And then everybody's fine with it. So that way, when that does happen in the divisional round last weekend, no one is saying what I'm saying, going, what the fuck? Right. You know? So it, consistency ought to... Bro, we ran... Okay, so you currently run, I did run, a race organization. It's not easy. You can't make everybody happy, right? Yeah. It's impossible. It, it's literally you will go impossible. You can't do it. But 
one thing that you have to do. You have to stay true to, number one, who you are as a human being in a decision-making standpoint. And number two, you have to stick with the same types of decisions that you make from day one. So if you make a decision your first day is whatever the hell you are, and that's how you're going to call it, guess what? That's how you're calling it throughout. It doesn't matter. That's how I, that's how I was when I did the snore stuff. I called day one. That's how it was. And it was consistent and nothing changed throughout the entire way until I was done. It got every penalty got charged the same way a penalty got charged from day one. Uh, interact, like everything was the same. Nothing changed. It, it wasn't like, oh, what are we going to get today? No, right. it was the same because of the people that are relying on those things. Yep. Football, Nat, let's just take away from the football. Let's just say professional sports in general. There's way more on the line than just a series or a organization putting on professional sports for people to watch to make revenue off of. There's way more to it than that now. There's millions and millions and millions and billions of dollars being betted on. And there's this and there's and there's endorsement and there's this and there's people's lives on the line. And th- there's way more to it yep. to where it's wild to me that it's not more cut and dry, black and white as to how things are done. That's that's kind of where I'm at, you know? I mean, a part of the problem probably comes from the fact that the officials aren't – that's not their – job that's not their only job you know they officiate however many games throughout the year or whatever games are in their city there's like 13 people on a crew of, of right officials. but i'm saying what i'm saying is okay cool and then monday morning after that game they go back to tj maxx in their stock in the stock room or mm-hmm. whatever warehouse they work right. at or whatever right it's they're not so maybe you have to actually have a team of officials that the NFL pays for 52 weeks out of the year, even though they're only doing stuff for 17. Yeah. And, and well, now you got another problem, though. You know what comes with that? Tired. A union. Okay. Yeah, Fine. officiating union. Fine. Well, that's, that's a problem, though, because once you have an officiating union, now you've got an opportunity for strikes if they don't like their pay, if they don't like their treatment, if they don't like this. Now, now, I'm just looking at this from Roger's standpoint, or whatever series we want to talk about. Now you don't have anybody to officiate the game, which they ran into a couple years ago where they had these backups. Right. And that was a fucking disaster. Okay. You don't want that. That's cool. Sounds good. How about, you need to no. stop paying these fucking officials who have been doing it for 30 years. You need to stop paying them $5 million to be on NBC during a game to give the people at home a, a reasoning for the rule. They took Mike Pereira, pay him $5 million a year to be on the national broadcast for the game. That motherfucker needs to be calling the game. That's the problem. Is they go, this guy's been in the league for 20 years. He's one of our best refs. He's one of our best officials. Fuck that. We're going to pay him to go sit behind a TV camera and talk to the people at home about the rules instead of call the fucking game. That's where the problem lies. Because even guys like that, like Mike Pereira, go... Oh, man, I don't know about – like on live TV, oh, man, I don't know about that call. I wouldn't have called it like that. Those are the guys that you need calling the game rather than fucking sitting on TV making a ton of money. Like I'm glad that they're making their money, right? I'm I'm super stoked for them. I don't want them to lose their money by any means. But 
that's the issue is the the elite right. officiates that know what the fuck they're doing they're going nope you don't need to do the game anymore you're going to fucking but tell again, the people at home still those elite officiates are only working 17 weeks a year mm-hmm. whereas if you look at and I don't know I can't speak for but for the European Football League you probably you could probably recognize this guy but the bald head official that is, if you see a clip of a soccer guy running up to somebody after a yellow card or a red card and getting in their face, and he's just bouncing, poking that guy, that guy was paid a lot of money by the the official, the whatever league, Premier League, this, that, the other. He had a contract, like, and he was taken care of, and he was stone, like consistent, like you were saying, like that guy was consistent, this, that, the mm-hmm. other. He's con- he had a mm-hmm. contract that he was going to get paid mm-hmm. throughout the year. He's going to officiate, whatever, and then if he ever, whatever, then he's no longer part of that. Right. That's what they need. They need individual yeah. contracts. The NFL needs to pay those guys instead of putting them on the broadcast with fucking Troy Aikman and Joe Bucktooth and all those fucking idiots. They need to pay them mm-hmm. a good amount of money to be in the ears of the people on the field and well, call it real time. On the field. Well, I, I think that there's a... No, because we thing, have the technology now. Well, technology is all well and good until you have fucking 300 pounds of uh, Ray Lewis in your face telling you you're a piece of shit. I wish you and your kids are going to fucking die and whatever. And then that person's like, I don't know if I'm going to call this the way you guys are telling me to call this because I'm in actually fear for my life. Whereas whoever – Lou Peralta, where the fuck you keep calling him, if he's on the field – and Ray Lewis comes up into his face. He's going to tell him, hey, Ray, you say that shit again. I'm going to fine you, send you home, and you're not playing the rest of the goddamn season. You need people to rule with an iron fist, not a... When I think... I think the guys on the field are... I think they have that under control of, like, they don't really get bullied around because they, they can, like, oh, that's 50 grand, you're out. Like, that. It's they're allowed to do stuff like that. They have so much going through New York and going through the TV before it actually gets called on the field that I, I, I feel like it would be a smarter move to say, hey, here's the deal, okay? You have your 13 people on the field. You have your you have your back lines and your line judges that are going to call stuff as they see it, like foot in, foot out, touchdown, not touchdown, shit like that, right? Whatever. But the stuff that gets real technical and hard to call like on the fly, that's where they, they call the New York anyways. As it is, yeah. That's where you need to have that that Mike Peralta guy, right? Who's a fucking bigwig. He gets paid a ton of money to sit on the broadcast. That's where he needs to be sitting there. They call him and go, "Yo, what the fuck? What do you think?" And he goes, "This is what I think, and this is why." And then you you start at, to see a better game. At that point, you might as well just have a fifteen second delay after the end of every single play. And then everything, the every yeah. single play gets run through New York. Yeah. Nobody on the field. The only thing that yeah. happens on the field is the guy puts the football down and then walks to the edge of the field. There's yeah. no first down markers. There's no referees. There's no line judges. There's nobody. There's nothing. Yeah. Everything goes through New York if you want to do it like that. That's then. a good. That's that's a good point. Fuck it. Like that's if, a good point. But there, I I think like, <laughs> with but, anything, but there's with a, that they're already saying we don't trust. We don't trust the guys on the field enough mm-hmm. to let them do it on their own, so we have to have the backup fucking making sure they make the right call. And then if they don't, we're going to radio in real quick and say, hey, whoa, 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 wait, that was a reception or not a reception or mm-hmm. whatever. Then just skip mm-hmm. the middlemen that are on the field mm-hmm. and 
have New York do it all. Yeah, Fuck I it. think there's a I think there's a uh, a good common grounds that you could find there somewhere because you think about it like this: every game after two minutes is that way. Every game, there's no there. Every review goes through New York. Mm-hmm. There's no challenges. There's nothing. So if there's a potential for a catch in the end zone. Right, it's gonna take 15 seconds because it does get thrown to yeah. New York, no matter so let's, what. Let's just go hog out on that. Let's just throw all of our eggs in a basket. You're gonna have 42 analysts working the four days a week that football's on, and they can be watching every angle and whatever, and they solve all our problems. And then that way, instead of having, well, this week we got Mike Guthrie, and then next week is you know somebody else. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, like I said to start this off, I don't think there's a good fix. I, I really don't. I think that uh, not care about professional sports as much. I mean, that's your fix for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, professional sports sucks. Do you want to kind of transition into maybe a little bit of racing stuff? I mean, it's about that time. Yeah. I mean, we talk about football. Football's hot right now. So baseball sucks. Hockey's lame because we're going into All Star break and there's not a whole lot going on. We'll talk about hockey later on when it gets heated up. Or are um, you finally out of the preseason in hockey? Fuck you. Oh. Um, yeah, I took this guy to. A <laughs> Glad everybody's listening. Uh, I took this guy to a hockey game uh, about a month ago or so. Hey man, I got. Uh, I got a ho- uh, extra hey, ticket. Hey, my date bailed. Can you come with me? <laughs> no, that's not it. But uh, I said, hey, you want you want to go to a hockey game? He's like, yeah, sure, let's go. And not a big, obviously not a big sports guy, as you guys know, but not a big hockey guy, really. Like, I think he likes hockey more than other sports because it's more real and physical. I like it because you play, like, the – the period's 20 minutes, and for the majority of it, they play 20 minutes straight. Like, there's not... It's very if physical, you, If yeah. you go to a football game... It's a lot of waiting. Well, there's... I last I haven't been to one in a very long time, and the one I went to was college, but there was a guy. The guy who ran the show had an orange glove, and every time you walked out on the field, it was like, oh, it's a commercial break. We got another... We got a solid five minutes before mm-hmm. they even pretend to play football again. Yeah. So, that's kind of why I like it. Yeah, and hockey, like, don't get us wrong. Like, I don't know if any, you know, if anybody you guys are, uh, are listening have been to an actual NHL hockey game. There is uh, TV timeouts and stuff, but it goes by fast. Um, usually, usually wherever you're watching has like some sort of thing going on during the break to kind of keep you entertained and stuff. But took this guy to a Knights game and. Uh, the first thing he says when he sits down is, so uh, we're still in preseason, right? Mind you, we're fucking season like, ticket holders. we're like probably 16, 18, probably 22 games into the regular season. And he goes, is this uh, just a preseason game or what, <laughs> what do we got going on here? Is there playoff implications in this? Or yeah, this playoff implications. I think is what I said. Scumbag. <laughs> I was like, this isn't even this isn't even divisional. It literally, he's like, oh, what are we doing here? Oh, uh, you know, enjoying a fucking live sport sporting event. Um, but anyways, so hockey's 
Hockey's real low right now. Um, there's some coaching changes we can get into later if anybody really gives a shit. Um, hockey's lame. Baseball's super dead right now, obviously. Isn't there like a contract thing with that? With what? Baseball. Uh, yeah, we're coming up on some shit. We're not going to talk about it for a while, but we got spring training in about two months or so, maybe a little bit less. Um Usually this podcast isn't a big baseball thing anyways, unless it's like a headline or something, you know, something crazy or whatever, or if it's a team that we like. I'm a Pittsburgh Pirates fan over here, so not a lot that goes on with the team that I like, uh, except for losing. We do a lot of losing. Um, what other sports is there? Uh, college basketball is heating up. Uh, we'll be getting into March Madness. I'll be doing some March Madness stuff. Uh, March, clearly. Well, yeah, leading up to March, we're going to do uh, – I'll do a, a couple brackets for the podcast. Um, I'm going to try and do the office bra- – that was fun. I think we had a good time last year. It's mm-hmm. Like, even people like, you know, as everyone knows here, RJ doesn't give a fucking dick about sports. But uh, we get him to do the uh, March Madness bracket where he just kind of gets to have some fun and pick some teams. And um, it's a good time. We, we do like an office pool. We throw in a couple bucks and – Usually the person who doesn't know anything about sports wins it. Yeah, they're like, I like the name of this one. I like this name. It sounds fun. Like, let's go Maryland to the Villanueva final four. Villanueva is really Yeah, hard Villanueva. Um, Villanova, sir. Oh, oh, well, hey, same thing. It's fun <laughs> to say, so they're going all the way. All yeah, right. so we'll do that again this year. Uh, it'll be fun. We'll talk about that on the podcast coming up. But uh, for now, I guess, well, let's get into some racing. I, uh, King of Hammers is this weekend. Don't it's, really it's fucking care. Like King of Hammers long. is King of Hammers starts this weekend. It goes all week and it goes into next weekend. Right. To be honest with, I'm gonna be real with you right now. Don't know who's racing what. Don't care. I, I want could give you about five of the class eleven guys' names. That's just because I know them personally. I want Justin Davis to win sixty one hundred, and that's all I fucking care about. I don't care about anything else. Oh, they're still doing that. Yeah, I meant the sixty one hundred race, not them actually racing sixty one hundred. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. So it's like B1 or whatever the fuck. I don't know. It's stupid. But uh, I hope he wins his class respectively. Um, I, I, The only class one that I know of that's going to be showing up that's maybe worth anything. I, I, Like I said, I don't know. I've been paying attention. I, what are uh, Adam, Lund, Adam Lund is racing with RJ Anderson. But what's the, like, is it the T trophy trucks versus class ones? Well, I have no idea. See, that's the thing, RJ. I don't know. I don't know any. Like, that's why I said, Uh-oh. like, King of Hammers is happening. Just so everybody knows, tune in if you want. I don't fucking care. Like, we'll do a recap after it's done to, like, see the results and we'll talk about it and stuff. But other than that, I don't really care. Um, we have the Snort 250 coming up. What is that, two weeks from now? The weekend before Valentine's Day. Okay, so two weeks ish. Uh, Snort 250. It'll be the 54th or 53rd. 53rd. 54th annual. We're running a bunch of new track. This is going to sound like Kenny Freeman right now. But, hey, we're running a bunch of new track. Uh, trying to stay off the mint as much as possible. Going to be um, using a lot of the mint. I mean, it's the mint. It's There's only so much you can do. We're starting in prim, though. That would yeah, be cool. Starting, starting <coughs> and finishing in prim. So it's a little – the atmosphere is going to be a little bit more like a ballot prim where everybody's a little bit on top of each other. Hanging out in everybody else's pits there, so that should be cool. That'll be cool. Like a loop race, but like it's kind of like that short course feel yep. to it. That'll be cool. So it should sure. be a good race. A little bit different track, a little bit longer track. So. Oh, that's another thing you guys missed uh, since the last podcast. 
I'm no longer race director. RJ is. Oh, yeah. That's, you know, a small uh, change. Yeah, so RJ's a race director. He runs the show now. Um, I just go and help when I can. Um, he's been doing really good. Uh, a lot of people respect him. Um, I've been just trying to help him out as much as I can with how I did stuff. I feel like that helps if you just kind of share your experiences and then let, yeah. like I let RJ do his own fucking thing. I don't tell him shit. I just say, Hey, in this situation, I would have done this or I would do that and then let him run it. And he does a really good job. Um, but snores taking off. It's doing good. We just had our, uh, points championship night a couple weeks ago. That was fun. It's good to see everybody. Chad Cummins won everything again, uh, for the third year in a row, which is cool to see. Um, Desert racing, best in the desert is, uh, yeah, it's whatever. Like I said, I've been out of it, man. Like, I, I, I mean, that, and there's just so much to, there's so many series, this, that, the other. They're on top of each other. I think Mad Media just said they're doing another, a new, another, another California 300. California 300 in Barstow in September. Boy, I don't know. Fuck. So there's some great marketing going on there, it sounds like. Who would want to go sit in the desert? Ever. I don't want to be in Barso in September. That's why we have the night race. That's six hundred degrees. And then we don't have another race in the like our our race November. after that is going to be in October. Yeah. So it goes July to October, and even then it's going to be further up north, and it's going to be chillier for us on the yeah. next race. So. It's fucking hot, bro. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we sweating like sports gloss in this. But Theo Vaughn, that's a funny guy right there. I'm sweating. I think Theo Vaughn said once he was doing a thing with Riff Raff where they were doing like metaphor battles. Yeah. You, did you see that video? No, but I remember the one we oh had in the office. Oh my god! We were having a hard time with similes, so. Oh my god! I'm sweating like a sneeze stuck in a thick bitch. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Woo! Like sports gloss up in this motherfucker. Um. Okay. So desert racing. We. Man. I'll be honest with you, I'm out. Like, I'm out on all of the, like, uh, RJ will be more in tune with the desert racing than I am uh, moving forward. Uh, I'm I'm going to do what I can to kind of stay on top of it to be relevant, but uh, other than that, I'm kind of out. My focus has been more business and uh, short course. My dad, my dad just raced in the uh, Champ Off-Road Series in, in the Midwest, which is the well, as of now, it's the premier short course series because Lucas Oil went under uh, and sold out. Uh, King of Hammers actually created Gas, uh, Great American short course, okay. for the West Coast to take over what Lucas Oil's gap was. Um, but it hasn't really taken off yet. So right now, uh, Champ Off Road is the it's the primary one right now. Uh, my dad raced Light Buggy last year. Uh, I helped him out as much as I could. Uh, his crew chief, Matt Bell, and himself, and uh, my sister is actually uh, his mechanic. Uh, they pulled off a second place in the points championship, which is fucking awesome. It, like I have so much respect for them, uh, all the hard work that they put in. That, it was a 45-car field all year long, and he never finished outside the top 10 once all year. It's yeah. like... I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but that is a fucking monumental, difficult... Like, we built that car. Like, I built that car with my dad in the garage. We took a car from... It was built in the early 70s. It was an old two-seat bucket of shit. We cut it, chopped it, built it on the garage floor. No jigs, no laser, no nothing. Just kind of wung it, 
put it together with some knowledge that we had over the years and, and built a car that was uh, competitive. It's not dominant yet, uh, but it's competitive. Uh, we ran with the, the, the best of the best in the light buggy class and uh, ended up pulling uh, second place in the points championship, which is massive. They just had their points championship uh, night a couple weeks ago uh, up in Bark River, Michigan at the Island Resort, and it was, uh, it was a great night. Wish I would have been there for them. Uh, my sister and my mom were there to support them. It was a great thing. Uh, big things coming out of that uh, camp uh, for this year. We've got a lot of new stuff we're trying on the car. Um, uh, shout out the Schwabies as always. We've got uh, every year we keep trying to get better and better and better. Uh, we got some new stuff coming together with the chassis and the motors, and we're kind of putting a program together slowly and surely to uh, try and compete with the best in the Pro Buggy class. So hopefully we can get Scott's program uh, dialed to where Ryan's is and we can have a two-car field kind of attack the season again this year. Um, another shout-out to uh, my buddy RJ Lego. He had a really bad accident at Fall Cranon this year in the, what was he racing, Pro Stock or something? Side by side, it was real bad. He wadded his car up real bad. Uh, you were the yeah you you, you were, say I, I was I was you were in, in you were in our vicinity. pit and you saw the car, but whatever. Yeah, if um, I could have picked him out of a lineup, that's a different story. So he wadded his car up real bad. He was good. He was he was he was fine. He was he came out of it, walked away, no problem, no injuries. Um, but he actually just bought a pro light. He bought um, Marty Hart's kid Kyle Hart had a pro light. He won. A lot of races, a couple championships in. He bought that ProLite. Um, so that's going to be on the docket this year for me is getting that thing um, dialed in and tuned in so he can uh, go out and learn it and, and try and compete in some races this year. Um, I don't know how much I'm going to get back because obviously we've got a business to run here uh, that RJ helps me with. Um, that's more important, putting food on the table. But uh, short course racing is definitely going to be at the top of my list for racing this year. You're going to build a uh, class 11 to go race all those West coast guys when they come back East again. So it was, that was on the, it was on the list of things to do. The problem that I ran into obviously with anything else is time. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really have the time to build a car right now. Um, well, no. I would love to, man. I, man, I'd love to build a class 11 just to like, put my dad in it or something and be like here just so get I, mean, some I, extra time. I rode in it at Cranon their whatever race you want to call it they they said that we were going to do a lot of things we didn't end up doing we didn't get to go around the big track we didn't I mean we got the land rush which was awesome for me anyways I don't know if anybody else in the class 11s really truly respected it like I did probably not but like it for me being out there is kind of like being out at on on the track during Daytona or Talladega. So that was really cool. But Cranon is such a fucking thing. Like this is what people don't understand is like in the motorsports world, Cranon is such a thing and it's such an event that people for like you, you've done nothing yep. but heard about it. And you've all your friends have been to Cranon and you've watched the Cranon races. And then you, you got the simulator and you've raced on Cranon in the simulator. And you've got me who like grew up there and yeah. I spent my whole, I never missed a Cranon for 20, six years or 24 years so like i hyped it up you know and it's like this big fucking event and then you finally get to do it and like how like talk to me about like how fucking crazy was that entire weekend like not only to like you flew in late like crazy yeah, like last so, minute shit right but yeah. like the actual point of like 
you're in the car ready to go race. And then like, here I come. Cause remember yep, your first yeah. night, the Friday night race, you came out of, I came out of the, the dust. <laughs> you just, I was spotting for the pro. We had a pro buggy race that night. I was spotting for Scott and then we came down and it was dark, dark. Like I had nothing. And then they have 45 class 11s, what it seemed like, because yes. there's lights everywhere up on the fucking thing. And I come barreling down on this pit bike, and I threw the pit bike to the side. I roll up to RJ, and I just start screaming at him what to do. Like, the track has got holes in it. There's a cushion. You got to get on the, cushion. the like, cushion. There's a definite line. Yeah, there's Make a sure line there. On, get there. Get there. The and like, then I was yeah. gone. And that was it. Like, that was his – like, before he even did a f- – on a lap at Crandon, his buddy Zach is like in his head, two thousand miles from home, screaming in his face through his helmet. That was cool because the guy I was riding with was like, "Who the fuck was that? Why is he yelling at us?" Like, "Don't worry, I got it. We just got some hot tips. It's fine. Focus. I'll count you down." <laughs> yeah, and we're back in it. But it was one of the coolest things for me is because we raced twice. We raced once on. Well, I mean, I'll just give you the thing. I flew in for the weekend. I flew in. Thursday night, I got in at about uh, the airport closed when I, I was the last flight in. So small whatever. town things, yeah, into Wausau. So I drove forty-five minutes to Anagok. Anago. Anago. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't remember that place's name. Anago. We drive there, stay the night, get up in the morning, show up to the track. Already a shit show just because there's that many people there. I mean, there's probably 100,000 people camping, visiting, spectating overall the whole area. It's crazy. Show up. Car has to get fixed. Got to do this. Got to do that. Whatever. We go to our first race of the night on that Friday. And Zach comes and yells at me. Whatever. Uh, There are some issues. They kind of halfway through the night decided they're not going to throw a competition caution. They're just going to let us go, whatever. So we got confused, and that's whatever. It's not like we're racing for points. We're just out there having a good time. And then the coolest part for me was Sunday when we raced. We were the first race before, like, the big showdown shit started happening, before all the, like, the the big money races and the East versus West and the Pro 2, Pro 4. So we were first out – so we got to go, we ran it, we did 10 laps on the short track, and then I went, took my suit off, and went and started walking to go watch the Pro 2 track. It got picked up by some locals, they gave me beers, like never met, like, hey, walking, hey, do you want to, do you need a ride? Yeah. Do you want a beer? Y- of course I want a beer, are you stupid? So I get a beer from them, pound it before we go into the gate, because you can't take alcohol into the gate, you have to buy it inside whatever and then i walk into the sea of people and there is standing room only everywhere like if you go to the back row where your people are sitting and sit down you're missing half of everything mm-hmm. and to see that many people and know that like that a i rode in a car raced in a car with in front of that many people was just awesome there's mm-hmm. 60 to 60,000 people there or something yeah. like that yeah 60 to 70,000 it's so just the- crazy the coolest part about Cranon that you can't really you can't really explain unless you get to do it. And a lot of people that go race Cranon don't even get to do this, but you did. Mm-hmm. I got to bring you around some of the fucking most genuine down home coolest people you ever meet in well, your that entire was, life. That was the other thing is we were trying to fix the car on Friday and Zach was out at the parade 
and we're you know a bunch of people what people from the west coast zach's the only person i know out there and he's like yeah here's my pit it's kind of this in this vicinity my dad and my sister are there they might be able to help you out and i just walked in there like i own the place and they didn't think anything different they never missed a beat they were, i said hey i'm zach's buddy from vegas he told me you might be able to help and they were like yeah cool what do you need what are you looking for or, yeah no we don't have that you can go try and it was no like sort of like oh you're a competitor we're not going to give you the hot whatever help you out there's none of that it was really cool and it's it seems fucking like awesome from across the board it's Probably, awesome and yeah. th- that when i say that people go to cranon and they don't get to experience that part of it is like all the pros that show up and they, they're in, under their tents, they're on the pavement, they don't talk to anybody, they do their own thing, they only hang out with the West Coast guys because they're West Coast guys and this right. and that and this. They don't get to meet the cool people that actually, like you got to realize like all these people that race short course on the West Coast, they wouldn't have this if it wasn't for the people like the Scott Schwabies and the Scott Taylors and the, and all these people who did this in soda and before soda Right. years and years and years ago which created like the brush run 101 that created all of this shit and like though scott schwabby's dad was like one of the fucking pioneers of soda right that's that started short course off-road racing i worked for that man for 20 years almost you know like right. if you like take in consideration everything that i've done and every time i go home i'm in his shop working on his stuff like that man is like one of the pioneers of short course racing and no one gets to know that. And it's not, they, I don't, you don't really want them to know that, right? You don't want him to be bombarded by all these people saying, right. Oh, we just want to know him because of where he, w- what he started. No, well, yeah. you, you, you met Scott, mm-hmm. that fucking man is an absolute genius and also he just keeps it tight the, to the chest. That's what I love most about most genuine it. person. Absolutely. Like, Again, walked in there because you guys were parked with Schwabi and your dad. We're all in the same spot. Walked in. I I think Scott had had some sort of issue, and then Ryan had run into somebody that had spun out in front of him. He just didn't have anywhere to go. So I was like, walked up, and he was like, yeah, how'd it go? What happened? He was like, oh, yeah, a couple things here, a couple things there. Get him tomorrow. Okay. Does All I, right, dude. Like, I have the whole car fucking then, blown apart. And then, not five minutes later, Zach's bringing out a spin, both, <laughs> both spindles, two lower control arms, yeah. and tie, uh, maybe a steering rack and tie rods well, for Scott's car. Steering rack. And I don't even know. God knows what else he did on Ryan's car after I left. But like, yeah. And Scott's like, yeah, you know, a couple things here, a couple things there. We'll be ready for tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's one of the great things. Like I've almost, I've always wanted to do like a vlog of like Fall Crandon with me and Ryan mm-hmm. and his crew chief Cody, and just like go through the whole thing. The, some of the stuff that we've had to do during the race weekend. In me and TJ, you met TJ. Me and TJ stayed up till five o'clock in the morning, Friday night, Friday night into Saturday morning, retuning Ryan's car this year because right. he had a fucking, he had a dead bobble off of re reinitiation of throttle pedal. And like the rest of the car was fine. Like the car was fine, except me and TJ, cause we are the way that we are. We're like, well, that's not good enough. Like, we have to find what that fucking problem is. We stayed up all night and built a new fuel map and re-fucking did. Like, that's what we do. 
and we love it. I don't get paid a fucking dime to do that. I love, I fucking love it because I put like the Schwabies program. I put my blood, sweat, and tears into that. My dad's program. I put everything under the sun into that program, mm -hmm. and it's like you don't fucking cry, like you don't complain about it. You go, I want to fucking win tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So if I have to stay up all fucking night, that's what I'm gonna do. I was when uh, uh, Scott got tangled up on was that Saturday, yeah. Scott got tangled up on set. Remember when we knocked the whole front of the oh, car that's off? Right, yeah. um, he got tangled up in some bad shit going in the gravel pit turn on on Saturday, like lap one or something crazy, mm -hmm. and it knocked the whole front of the car off like two and a half inches. And I was fully fucking prepared to stay up all night and cut that fucking car apart and get it back together because I wanted to run for the money on right. Sunday. And I think the what it, <laughs> it's gonna like the thing that came down to not being right was uh, you didn't have the spindles you wanted on there no i so the spindles weren't the problem the fact that i needed well, four come alongs the, the, to get the front end to yeah. go back over would have been a fucking long like i would have worked all night and then i would have been trying to button it up right before the race right you know what i mean and that that's kind of where like like 95 percent of the class 11s were exactly and that's why i like to have scott around because scott will go listen bro it's not worth it man like yes i want like scott will go like I want to race. I love racing. Mm -hmm. I'll do anything I can to race. But there's a point where, like, we ain't going to stay up all fucking night. We're, we don't have sponsors pushing us for hundreds of thousands of dollars to get out there tomorrow. Right. Come on. Let's just, let's just pack it up. Let's get it fixed up for next year. And then, you know, do it that way. And that's where I like to have him around to, like, because my dad, if I say go, my dad is right fucking next to me. Like, let's go. Like, Dad, I'm going to cut the front of this fucking car apart. We're going to redo it. And he's like, all right, what do you want? What do you need help with? What do you want me to do? And my sister and, you know, Ryan and Scott will do the same thing. But it's nice to have Scott kind of be like, okay, hold on a second, man. Like, before you work yourself all night, let's think about this real quick because, you know, it's 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 a lot yeah, to like. And Ryan will do the same thing. It, so. Ryan's like, okay, like, let's think about this before you kill yourself. Because I will. Like, I, like, when I – that's what people don't understand. When I – commit to fall crandon is i go there what a week ish before roughly and i'm there working from the time i get there whether it's on my dad's stuff or schwabby's stuff or loading or because we're there on wednesday right loading in and i'm working until i leave and that's just what i'm there to do if you guys have a problem i'm there to fix it i'm not there to fuck around i'm not there to get drunk i'm not there to do nothing i'm there to win the race. Yeah, that's to go racing. That's what I, to win. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm there to do. But uh, it is nice to have Scott kind of be like, tap me on the shoulder and be like, hey, bro, uh, mm -mm, mm -mm, that's, 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 <laughs> a, little that, bit that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Remember last, because the night before that, I stayed up all night changing the fucking uh, rear hub bearings in the in the trailing arms because they fucking blew out. <laughs> and it was just, it was a lot. But uh, no, that's the thing. Cranon is such a great time. And I'm glad that the Class 11s got to do it. I don't think that they got the fairest shakedown of the show that they were kind of promised. Um, it seemed. But I think it's going to get better. I think it was yeah, like a no, first time, like fucking together, wing it kind of. Yeah, exactly. The, the thing I'll give to. Cranion is it wasn't necessarily that their fault is they gave so much rope to the class 11 group of like oh, hey yeah. what do oh, you yeah. what do you guys want to like mm -hmm. how do you want to run your like we can tell them to do whatever how do you want to run it and 
I don't know if you've been around desert racers, but there's not a whole lot of common consensus around. No matter if they're friends, there's brothers racing. They they didn't see eye to eye Mm-mm. at about Mm-mm. anything that day, Mm-mm. that weekend that I was around. So, like, yeah, I feel that Crane Engineers comes to them and say, hey, you're doing this on Friday yeah. and you're doing this on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Good to go. And then that'll be good because that'll alleviate some of the cluster that was this year, yeah. this past year. It'll get better. Uh, I got some stuff that I'm going to talk to Marty Fiolka on. Uh, good guy, actually. He kind of runs the show there for Cliff. Um, but it'll be better. Um, you want to talk about Travis? Uh, I mean, what part of Travis? Well, Travis Pastrana um, left Red Bull. Right. Signed with uh, Black Rifle Coffee. I feel as if it was a very good move for him. Um, I don't think it was a very good move for Red Bull. I don't I don't know exactly what the metrics were on what Red Bull was getting out of Travis anymore. I, I know that he's, Travis is still like, don't get me wrong. Travis is still at the top right. and everybody knows him. And like when he does something like it's going to draw eyes. I just don't know what the metrics were of what Red Bull was getting out of him at this point in his career. It changed as well because back in the day when he wasn't married, didn't have kids, didn't have like a business to run, he was doing more stupid. He jumped out of a plane without a parachute. Right. So So. he left Red Bull, went with Black Rifle Coffee. I agree with it a thousand percent. It fits him and his MO better. He likes to do a lot of um, volunteering. He likes to do a lot of different things that I don't think Red Bull gave him the room or the tools to do so. I think Red Bull was like, they have a persona. Here's your contract, you right? Yeah. Here's your contract. Here's where the stickers need to be. Here's where the logos need to be. This is what you need to do. Blah, 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 blah. You need to be at. And Black Rifle's like, here's some, like, we're going to, we're going to fund you. Okay. But like, what the fuck do you want to do? And he's like, well, all of it. And right. they're like, I mean, we okay. Watched- we watched that pit bike race on YouTube, which was basically he had a pit bike race with his friends, and it was sponsored by real companies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like he was literally, it was, and you could see in the video, he was just him and his homies are just there to hang out and mm-hmm. ride dirt bikes, mm-hmm. and then there happens to be a right. corporate sponsorship that's telling them, hey, you guys have to like have fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think he wants to have fun without telling someone telling him to have the fun, structure. which is great. I love it. So he did that. Um, he got a deal. So he worked a deal with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Um, with that came a race of champions. He was going to do ISOC Race of Champions with Jimmy Johnson. That was planned for next month. Um, he had a bunch of stuff going. He just got done with the Jim Con. He did a Jim Conner video they were session. Filming this past couple weeks yeah uh he just got done with it um wrapped it up he was running like an 83 subaru wagon. sports b fucking wagon it yep. was sick um and then he went and did some fucking base jump thing and fucked himself up like i mean yeah it, I'm, I'm assuming if you've heard about it you probably watched his video breaking it down on instagram live but he like yeah he just went out and had a bad base jump. He broke his L5 and has multiple fractures in his hips. Yeah, just a bad, bad base jump. And it's not going to be any worse than what he was before the accident. It might be better because now they're gonna. there's potential for them to go in and fix other things that have been issues. That guy makes me look at my injuries and go, you're a bitch, bro. Like, just shut up. 
You know what I mean? Like my injuries that I've had in my life, like with my knees and my back and my stuff. Right. I go, yeah. You know what? It, Zach, shut the fuck up. Just stop being a bitch, okay? Well, I mean, I Look remember, at Travis. He yeah. broke everything in his life. There was one X Games. He, I don't even remember what competition it was, but he was running. Slip, the, the bike slipped out. Was it the front spin bike? Uh, I don't even remember. Like it, What happened was the simplest stupid. It was something I've done on a dirt bike where I just goosed it a little bit too much in the corner, and it slipped out, and I'm on my ass all of a sudden. But because it's Travis, he bonked his head and got knocked out cold because that's what happens sometimes when he falls. Mm-hmm. And because it's him, nobody fucking ran over to him. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the things that I remember is because he got gets knocked out so often, gets hurt, and then just bounces back up. Mm-hmm. Nobody ran over to him. Four seconds down out, unconscious, <laughs> hops back up, gets back on the bike, continues his run. Jesus Christ. Oh, man. I love that guy. I got to meet him. Uh, I'm sure I've told the story, but... I've got to meet him and the Nitro Circus and Julian crew when they raced one of our Pro 2s back in the day. And uh, it was great. And I sat next to him on a plane a couple times and uh, got to know him pretty well, actually. He, he's, he's a... Man, he's a great guy, but, like, you have to be a certain human to, like, vibe with him. And I hate to say the word vibe because I'm, like, not a millennial, be, but, like... like that high energy type... He doesn't fucking stop, yeah. dude. Like, it does not matter what... He he doesn't do anything for the camera. That's what I love about him, is he's, like, not putting on a show. That's him. He's not putting on a persona. Like John Force. He he just is... He's just high-strung, like, 5,000 miles an hour at all times. And it's like, Jesus Christ, Travis. Like, you good, bro? Yeah. And he just goes. And uh, really good guy. Um... But so hopefully he heals up. He's going to try and do the race of champions for uh, 2023. Uh, I'm sure they'll offer him a ride. The fucking dude can wheel anything. It don't yeah. matter. Um, Jimmy, I think, is going to do some more IndyCar stuff. Uh, is he doing a full season? I don't again? know. I'm not really sure. I got to follow that shit. a little bit closer. Um, Probably gonna say dog what was shit. the other racing? Oh, fucking The Clash. I'm so excited for Oh, The Clash. Like, Art, so just so everybody knows, RJ hates fucking NASCAR. No, like, I don't hate NASCAR. No, I'm, he hates NASCAR. I'm, I'm, it turned into NAPCAR for me when I was 16, and if you can't get me that interested for two and a half hours crashing cars, get the fuck out of here. I mean, I get how it can be boring. I think the stage stuff kind of amped it up for viewers, like whatever. Like you can agree or disagree. It don't matter. Um, but they're going to do a class race at the Coliseum on what is that, an eighth mile? Um, I've seen the track. Uh, it's a. Pa- it's quite literally a paperclip. Oh, yeah. It's and tight. I don't. It's way smaller than uh, Martinsville. It's, it's half it's Martinsville. A, it's a bull. It's it's your local circle track. That's the size of the the, the racetrack. It's your it's, local circle track track. It's half. So to put it in perspective, if anybody watches NASCAR, it's three eighths of Martinsville with less banking than Martinsville. I think it's all pavement. Hmm? I think the whole thing is like a bowl. Oh, it, yeah, the whole – yes, the whole thing is banked, but it's like Martinsville flattens out real bad, and then it bowls in right. at the end. Uh, this is like very minimal banking, but all the way through, and there's no there's no concrete pad. It's all pavement from top to bottom. It's inside the Coliseum, and it's going to be fucking wild. I, I think just, that's next weekend. I 
can't wrap my head around head around the physics. Well, I don't understand how they're gonna qualify cars. Like, how many cars are they letting in? You can't have forty cars on that track. You can't you? I you can maybe have twenty. Mm. And then, like like we were talking in the office, if you go rent a Honda Civic, you have a solid chance of winning. I don't know about Winning. that. I mean, these are professional race cars that are going to be cool. on a different pace than everybody else. But I understand what you're saying. It's real tight. It's fucking going to be carnage. I as long as you keep your fenders on it, you're probably going to be the top ten. Right. Like so I get it, but they, like they like everything, they put it into iRacing. racing. Mm-hmm. So I I've watched a couple videos of people going around that. Is it pretty wild? Um, they don't get out of second gear. Yeah. So. Were they hitting eighty? Maybe. No, they can't uh, hit eighty. Uh, max maybe eighty. But, like, you come out of the corner, and if you get full throttle, you're going. And by the time you hit the start-finish or whatever the, the checkered flag line you want to call it is, you're you have yeah. got to be on the binders. Otherwise, you're going through yeah. the wall. Like, that's just is what it is. That's crazy. I can't wait to do an iRacing rant. We're going to do that one of these episodes. What a fucking shit show joke. What a fucking bunch of bullshit. We'll get there. Yeah, it's the worst. It's But it's competitive online gaming. And that's it is what it is. It doesn't matter if it's a driver or a shooter. You know, yeah. you get it, yeah. you're gonna get pissed off by somebody. Yeah, so. you're right. I stream uh, every once in a while. I haven't been doing it lately. I was sick. Uh, I'm back now. I stream when I get some time after work. Um, one of these days, we'll we'll maybe link it up. I've been trying to, I've been trying to stream without my social media accounts. Uh, I've been trying to do it like solo in just kind of keep it in the community just to try it just to see um we're trying to get to affiliate and then we could start you know pumping some money through there and do some giveaways and shit so that'll be fun um but uh i think this was a good episode i think we're back um i think we had a massive fucking sound malfunction in the middle of this there's potential you guys are gonna have to get over that to be completely honest yeah it'll be in the dis- yeah i mean just you would have already known about it at this yeah, point. yeah yeah if you're still listening yeah, thank yeah. you um, so we're back. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna keep going. I think this is good. It's good for us. It's good to talk about stuff. Um, kind of keep people interested. I've had a ton of people over the past year just fucking blowing me up about this motherfucker. So guess what, bitches? We're back, motherfuckers. Ha! <laughs> um, so, uh, great first one back. Feels good. How you feeling? You good? Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is fun. Like it was that. a little weird. We kind of just popped in and decided to do a podcast, but yeah. I think that's the way we just need to do it, you know? Hey, you want to do a podcast? Okay, we're doing a podcast. Like, we'll get a schedule. I mean, we'll get a schedule. We'll get show notes. We'll get better at this. The thing is, is we just like to wing it. We don't want to be like a corporate show and like fucking all this shit and cut promo. I would like to cut promos because they sound fun, but... You just want to just continue to say cut promo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's strictly just for that. Yeah. Um... But anyways, uh, we'll post this up. Obviously, you're probably listening on some fucking whatever platform, <laughs> like whatever. I'm not gonna promote what hey, platform. If you're still listening on, if you're still platform, listening on Spotify, continue to do that and keep we appreciate Spotifying it. Um, we're gonna get some music together. So if anybody has any homies that do music and don't want to copyright infringe me, send it over, bro. We'd love an intro song because that'd be sick as hell, and an outro song, and maybe some promo. Uh, cut promo <laughs> music like cut to stuff cut from promos. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We'll work on it. Um, we'll all right. It, so yeah, we're out. We good? Yeah. Okay. See you. Uh... Okay. Bye. <laughs>